0: Oh, Recorded live. Well, I'd like to welcome you to another Rednecks Pride outdoors uh, where we talk about hunting, trapping, and fishing in the outdoors. We've had a little bit of technical difficulty this morning trying to get on the show, and, and I'm, uh, I think I've got it squared away. I'm not for certain if I do or not, so I apologize if I... I seem a little preoccupied in these opening statements. Rednecks Pride Outdoors is brought to you by Rednecks Pride Game Calls, an outdoor sense where we make all kinds of predator calls, duck calls, deer calls, any type of game call that you're looking for, and our outdoor sense where we have trapping, ADC, fishing, deer scents, uh, baits and lures, we make a whole bunch of stuff there. We're uh, just happy to get on the show this morning. We haven't done any shows in a while, so we want to just do this one show here, and then uh, we've got another show tomorrow night, and hopefully we'll get back into the groove of doing all these shows. This morning, I want to talk about uh, what we call the 80-20 concept. This is something that uh, I actually figured out or developed many years ago while doing squirrel work. The reason I want to talk about this 80-20 concept is because it's a it's something that every trapper, every hunter, every fisherman, well, maybe not this much fisherman, but every trapper and hunter is going to come across, and many times we do not realize that we're seeing it in front of us. And um, so I want to talk about the 80-20 concept in theory, okay, uh, the 80-20 concept is 80% of the animals are going to be real easy to either trap or find and hunt and, and what have you, and 20 percent of the animals are going to be difficult. And as I stated a few minutes ago, I accidentally came across this when we was doing squirrel when I was doing squirrel work many years ago. What I started to notice that most of the squirrels would go right into a cage trap, um, catch them, bam, 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 bam. But when we got down to the last one or two, they became more difficult. And the question that I started to ask myself is, am I educating or am I making these animals difficult to trap in my methods or my procedures? And I started to look into those those uh, elements, if you will, and just find out if, in fact, you know, a family unit of squirrels, say four to seven squirrels, I catch the first uh, three, bam, 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 and then the last squirrel couldn't catch it. Did I did I create that problem? And what I started to find out was this: that no. Well, sometimes I did. Okay, sometimes just being dumb and, and doing things or rushing or or putting too much pressure on it. But a lot of times, most of the time, that last animal to catch. The reason it was there was because it wasn't getting caught in the first place. It was naturally, or or just. Personality-wise, cautious or shy, or or just just backed off of anything that you would present. And I also found that most of the time, that one or two squirrels, that especially that last one, if it was going to be difficult to catch, was usually the dominant female squirrel. And um, ironically, big breeder males was the easiest to catch. Uh, juveniles was the easiest to catch, but that one dominant female squirrel would be a pain in my side. All right. I um, started to realize that it wasn't methods, per se, although methods would catch that squirrel. It wasn't the methods that made the squirrel behave spooky or shy. It was its personality. Um... So I started to think about that after I figured it out, and then I took it into the other realms of trapping, the raccoons and skunks and and, and, and what have you. And what I found out was the same thing was happening in those populations, that you had a large portion of the animals, the majority of the animals were going to be very, very easy to catch. And then a small portion of the animals was going to be very difficult to catch. And then I found out that in those portions, what we would call the 20%, that most of those 20-percenters could be caught, but it was going to be caught with difficulty. And then there was a small portion of that 20% that was never going to be caught at all. So, you know, as far as the introduction goes, hopefully I didn't confuse you so far, but um, let me go into a little detail here on, on what we found and why and how. And what First of all, the 80% is not an absolute number. The 80% is a what I call a represent, representative number, meaning that portion, 80%, is going to be the majority of the animals. Um, that 80% is going to be maybe the first year young, maybe the animals that's not pressured, maybe the animals that are just moving in and, and, and uh, are bold, uh, whatever. They're going to be, that 80% is going to represent those animals who are going to be pretty easy to catch, whether it's a raccoon, squirrel, possum, you know, arc, arc or or hippopotamus. Those animals, typically, you're going to be able to set a trap and um, you're, going to, you're going to catch them, okay? Um, those animals, you, your, your baits aren't going to be as critical. And, and as a bait maker, I, I cringe to say that because I want to tell you that my baits and lures are the best out there and that, uh, you know, you can't catch critter unless you're using them. But the truth of the matter is when you get a dumb animal, you've got a dumb animal. Uh, you, got, you, you know, you get a juvenile that's uh, curious or hungry or whatever, they're going to go into a trap they don't they don't know they don't fear they're, they're you know they're going to go right on into the so although my basin lords i do believe are some of the best out there uh those 80 percenters um you know you're going to be able to catch them with any any type of good baiter or, or out there the 20 percent is also a represent number that um Deals with the ones who are either by nature or by a learned experience going to back off or shy away from whatever is in that set or that trap okay um some animals right and just plain fact, and I know a lot of guys don't want to believe this, but some animals are just naturally spooky um if you have dogs or cats or or anything like that, uh, you will notice, you know, if you have two types of dogs or two dogs in your house or two cats in your house, you'll notice one is more mold than the other. You'll notice another one may be spooky where the other one will just, you know, do whatever, however, whenever. That 20% is going to be the ones who are um, cautious, if you will, or shy, or spooky, or or something like that. And and the reason that happened is maybe it's just a personality, you know, just just uh, they're born that way. They're born shy or spooky or whatever. Or maybe uh, they're 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 that way because uh, I set a trap and didn't get him, or maybe somebody else set a trap and didn't get him, or, or maybe somebody else or myself put too much pressure on that animal and they just backed off, as you know, just a little bit, whether it's hunting, trapping or fishing or, or hunting, trapping, mainly. Um, but that 20% right there is, there's a reason they're not going into the trap. And um, this is what I want to talk about, that 20%, because in this short little these shows I'm going to do here. Um, you want to hear me say this? That I can catch the eighty percent doing hardly anything. In other words, I can go out and I can put in a a dirt hole, or I can go set up a cage, or I can do whatever, and that eighty percent is is realistically going to uh, go right into that trap. But that 20%, I'm going to have to do things differently. And what what I do is, with this 80-20 concept, is this. I'm going to assume that I have animals who's going to be cautious or spooky or hard to catch in that family group or out in that trap line or, or whatever. And in order to catch them, the routine normal sets that I would use is probably not going to catch them, okay? So what I do is I automatically gear myself up to go in and use what I call the advanced systems. Now, I know I can hear a bunch of you guys talking right now, you're not going to go to all that hassle. You're not going to go all that problems, advanced systems. Why do you want to deal with all that? You don't have to deal with this, blah, 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 blah. I know. I've heard the best of you, all right? But the truth of the matter is, if I was only fur trapping and I was just going in to skim the cream, okay, just catch a few animals and leave the rest for seed, then I'll agree with you, okay? You can. I'll go with all your blowhard attitude, all right? You don't need to do this. All you need to do this. All you need to do is this, 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 and this. Just get them and get on out of there, all right? But the truth of the matter is, as an ADC guy with 39 years of, of not getting paid unless I catch the last one, all right, I've had to force myself to learn or to adapt to catch that last one. And that, is, that has also, oh, how do I say this? That's also um, pleads over in my fur crapping. You see, uh, I want the option to turn the son of a gun loose or I want the option to turn or to say, now nah, I'm going to leave you alone. I don't want the animal telling me I ain't going into that trap. You want to tick me off. If the animal wants to tick me off, avoid my trap. It, 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 I take that son of a gun so personal at this point in my life that if I see a raccoon or a fox or something like that avoid my trap, you know what? I'm stupid enough to avoid everybody else and go after your butt. And that's what I'm going to do. And So what I've learned is that with the 20%, if I can key in on them at the very beginning of the situation, right, or to set them up, if if I understand that there are going to be animals that are going to be difficult or could be difficult to trap and that in order to catch those animals or in order to hunt those animals and be successful in harvesting those animals, or let just be blunt, in order to be successful in killing that animal, all right. I've got to change from the mundane, everyday, just do it, to understanding and putting into play the elements that's going to create a situation for that animal to want to get caught all right and uh, i've learned that by adapting to these what i call advanced methods and we don't have time in this show i'm just making this a short show but i've learned that uh, in order to uh, be successful in in these uh, harder to catch animals my bait strategies or my or my uh, baiting concepts um, have had to change. Uh, My trap placement um, had to change. My trap presentation or set presentation had to change. From the mediocre, this is what I always do, to presenting that set in a different fashion as to not alert or not to make that animal suspicious. Now, I know it's sounding like I'm really complicating this stuff and really going overboard, And I'm really not, you know. When I'm talking about the uh, bait, baiting strategies, um, I use the concept of snacking them rather than feeding them, okay? And I may use three to six different baits and lures in a cage trap, which right off the get-go, I'll use Bob Noonan as an example, when I was telling him about my concept, it's right off the get-go, that's too much work. And I said, no, nah, not really, it's only about 30 seconds more. Okay. Um, instead of putting a bunch of bait in the back of the trap and hopefully he, he'll he go into in the front of that cage, I go out and I put little tidbits leading into the trap, so I'm snacking him in or or trailing him in. Okay, I'm taking what I'm doing is I'm taking the animal's mind off of the off the negative of that of that cage trap, and I'm um, making it focus on the different odors and the different smells and the different tastes. That's that 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 trap, and I and, and yes, I believe in taste baits for cage traps and dog proof traps, absolutely, and I also believe in taste baits for uh, fox and coyotes. Um, that way, if he does get it and he likes it, he's probably going to go back for more, even if I miss him. Okay, so so by by trailing that sucker in, all right, into that cage or into that into you know, whatever set I'm using or or enticing him. I'm taking the mind off of the normal suspicions and making them think on something positive rather than the negative, right? Changing the presentation of the trap or or the set, okay? Again, uh, blending it in. For example, you know, I, I talk to guys all the time and they and they do what I call the kiss or the stupid set. You know, you take a doggone dog-proof trap and they they shove it in the ground. They throw a marshmallow in the bind of the trap and they put some bait in there and they walk on off. Well, you know, I've got cameras that shows, you know, two or three raccoons walking up to that doggone DP trap, walking around it, not even investigating it, right? And then and then and then the the, the number four the raccoon comes in, shoves his hand right in there and gets caught. Well. You know, you're you, you coming up and every time you come up to that dog warm, dog D, DP trap, you're thinking, ah, man, I'm a pretty good trapper because I've got a coon every time I'm coming up here. What you didn't realize was you missed the first four. Okay? And and um, what I found is by taking that dog-proof trap and going into one of my advanced systems methods, what it does is it's the same dog-proof. It's the same baits. But I changed changed presentation of that set to where that coon wasn't avoiding it now, but going right on into it. And I got the camera to say that the first coon came in that three nights ago, four nights ago. They went around that dog ball, that trap. Now he goes right into it and gets caught. All right, presentation. The the way we present the baits, the 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 mindset. The 80-20 concept is simply this. I am going to set my cage, trap, dog-proof, foothold, snare, whatever. I'm going to set it with the idea of targeting that 20 percenter. That way, when the dumb 80 percenter comes, he gets caught automatically. But when the 20 percenter comes, I don't have to worry Wait five or six days to realize. You know what? The sucker just ain't going to go into that trap. He's just not going to bite that that uh, trigger on the collar. I mean, he's not going to do whatever. Okay, I can find it out right away because I'm looking for him right away. All right. Another con. Another thought I want you to throw out here to the to the fur trappers, and and, and this is uh, something's real important we're out to get the quick and the fast. I'm the first one to tell you that. I want to catch the suckers. I want to get moving on. When I'm fur trapping, I want to leave seed. Absolutely. I want to leave seed. All right. So, go in, make the set, get on going. All right? And the old saying is, they pay as much for the dumb ones as they do the smart ones. And I agree with that 100%. I'm You know, I'm, I'm the first one for that. And when you're talking about fur prices that we had four years ago or whatever, where we were talking about $20 to $30 rat here in New Jersey and And Fox, seventy-five bucks and plus, and and you know uh, muskrats at ten bucks, twelve bucks, fifteen bucks, whatever it was. I'm all for getting the dumb ones and getting, all right, Um, the little ones as much as the big ones. But when you get down into these three and six-dollar coons, or you're getting into ten to fifteen-dollar foxes, well now. You know, foxes maybe not so much, but the coons especially. You know, you catch a little coon that's worth a dollar or two. I'm going to turn him loose because he's not worth my skin. Catch a $6 coon, all right, well, maybe I'll keep him. All right? But I don't want to gum pets, if you will, okay, with only the little ones. What we found is with the 80-20 concept is this. The 20 percenters, although they can be a little coon or that's been smartened up or, or something like that, the majority of the 20 percenters are going to be those big X's, double X's, triple X's, and even four X's. Okay, Those 20 percenters are going to be the ones that's been around a block or two, and they're going to be the ones that are bigger, better quality fur. Um, So I found that by keying in on the 20 percenters, in other words, doing the sets that is going to work the first time the 20 percenter comes by, that I'm actually increasing my pocket because I'm now not clustering my traps up with the small little guys that I don't want, but I'm catching more of those bigger ones, and then I can leave those little guys for seed, okay? They can be my seed, and I'm taking the bigger guys and taking the better quality guys out of there. So, hopefully, uh, I've, I've, I've uh, covered this in a little bit of the detail to, to uh, give you an idea of what I'm talking about when I want to talk about the 2080 concept. I know a lot of you out there don't believe in it, and a lot of people just you know shrug it off. I talk to a lot of deer hunters, especially where you know, I'll ask them, uh, well, what, what age or what what, what uh, personality deer herd do you have? Do you have a, are they are they all dumb? Are you got, you know, what's the eighty twenty concept in your deer herd? And, and they don't understand what I'm talking about there because the same thing is when when you're deer hunting, if you're just setting up your, your mundane, if you, for example, you saw that you see that real nice eight-pointer, he's probably 120, 125 class deer, okay? And, um, or maybe you know big old body. You know you're looking at 170, 180 pound buck. Uh, maybe his rack isn't that big, but when you're looking at his body, you see he's a three year old. Okay, he's he's going to be he's going to be a, a little bit different than than that little spike or that little Y. All right. And I tell him, listen, you want to kill that big old buck, you got to change your strategies. And you got to you got to go into that what we call the 80 20 concept. So in other words, yeah, you may be sitting in your tree stand and you may see 30 deer a night, all the fawns and all the little the little uh, does and all the button bucks and the whys and the spikes that you don't want. But in order to kill that bigger body, older, three-, four-year-, five-year-old buck, you've got to change your strategies. You've got to set up differently. All right. It's the same thing. So you see the 80-20 concept works, whether it's hunting, drafting, and it probably works in fishing too. I just um I think it's harder to figure out if it fishes in that twenty or eighty percent concept because I can't watch him all the time and can't observe him and put a camera on him but uh, I'm sure somebody out there who's got some good uh, intelligence levels and really knows how to fish could probably prove the twenty eighty concept also um uh, or can already prove the twenty eighty concept okay. Well, it's a short show. I just wanted to get on here and make sure the thing works and, and uh and I haven't done a show and get my get myself uh, going again, so I apologize for any any little bit of roughness in me or maybe bouncing around or, or going off on rabbit trails. Again, Alan, thank you for listening to the next uh, Pride Outdoors where we talk about hunting, trapping and fishing and God's creation. And uh, uh just throw a note out there for an infomercial. If you're looking for a good bait or lure for trapping or fishing or deer hunting, or you're looking for a good predator call or a good uh, duck call or something like that, uh, reach out to me. Give me a call. You know, what I, what I like people to do is give me a call. And and if they're looking for a duck call, I, I like to talk to them and see what they're looking for and, and uh, see what their what their experience level is and, and, and all that. And then, and then I can custom make them a call to, that fits their needs. same thing with a goose call or, or what have you, or maybe a predator call um, give me a call. I love talking to folks on the phone talking to how to make deer scent or how to make a deer scent work you know you heard, you just heard me say that make a deer scent work, not just try a deer scent so if you're in the if you're looking for a a good deer product or you're looking for a good bait or lure, you're looking for a do good call uh give us a call off right Redneck's next pride don't. Uh, dot com, or you can get us at ACP Wildlife Pro. dot um, net. Okay, enough pretty infomercial. You have a good day, and uh, take it easy now. Bye bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?